Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You're listening to Tom and Bach on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome back to Tom and Bach here on 93.7 The Ticket. Uh, happy to have DP back on the afternoon airwaves, jumping in for Tom uh, today. I believe tomorrow and Monday as well, right? Correct. I'm here. I'm yours. Yes. Uh, do got your worst. Plenty more to work with. Do your, do your worst, <laughs> sir. Uh, Tom is enjoying himself down in Tampa, so happy for him to get a break. Uh, Schaefer uh, going to do the uh, Thursday night football game tonight between the Vikings and Steelers. Uh, you've, you've been to the Minnesota Stadium before, haven't you? Yeah, we were there for preseason. Yeah. How did you like it? We were, I love the stadium. Love the layout of, of, of the, the, the space in downtown Minneapolis. Um, that area that... They stretch it out. Like, they cover more ground. Like, their pregame goes for miles. Oh, really? <laughs> it seems like, right? Um, but the, the stadium is amazing. It's got it's got all the eye candy, right? If you get in and you just go, okay, they really thought of everything here. They thought of everything. Uh, natural lighting in the space. So, they use that natural light, especially for day games. Not sure what how that plays at night. Um, but it's an easy get around if you're into sports in Minneapolis. There's Everything's in the same place, same area. Uh, easy to get to. And uh, easy on the eyes. I got to make it up there. For some reason, I've never been to Minneapolis. Six hours away, I believe, a drive. And, uh, you know, there's Vikings, uh, Timberwolves, Golden Gophers. I'd be interested in all that. So we, I got to get up there. We went and saw the Twins. Twins, yeah. Play, uh, I believe they were playing, uh, I forget who, they were, Milwaukee. Um, we saw just a weekend series. And then we went to Paisley Park, which was kind of my mecca, was just going to Paisley Park and just hanging out. Um, but yeah, good stuff, man. Just Minneapolis is a fun town. Yeah. A little cold, but I guess we're, I'm used to that being in Lincoln, so that wouldn't be a big problem. Nah. Uh, <laughs> let's bring on uh, Robin Washit, uh, of course, of Husker Online. Uh, Robin, a lot of stuff going on in the basketball world we can we can catch up on. Of course, Fred Hoiberg talked to the media uh, within the last hour and a lot to, to, to divulge through there. The Nebraska team has, is going through an illness. Yeah, there's a uh, run of influenza that's uh, going through the team right now. It started hitting them, uh, I think, right around Sunday, uh, or maybe even slightly before that, uh, and had some guys, um, you know, Bryce McGowan's included, uh, Cron McPherson, I know, were two of the guys that, that Fred confirmed, uh, you know, didn't practice um, the two days prior to Michigan, and, you know, Bryce was able to play. Karan didn't even uh, attend the game because uh, he was – uh, so sick, and uh, you know, I guess it kind of explains a little bit of the uh, lethargy and uh, lack of fire that Nebraska showed. But um, you know, it's kind of gotten uh, uh, progressively worse over the last few days. Uh, they had to send a couple guys home today from practice, um, and they're testing a couple others. Um, and obviously, the COVID test, but also to see, um, you know, just the the viral test to see what exactly they're dealing with. Uh, so there's that. Uh, you know, they leave at 8 a.m. tomorrow, so they are going to kind of just 
evaluate how things go over the next 12 hours or so uh, and see exactly who's going to be well enough to uh, not only make the trip but even be allowed to get on the plane uh, and, and fly to Atlanta to take on you know, top 20 Auburn team. Uh, and then on top of that, Wilhelm Breidenbach um, had his B scanned last night. He's going to do further evaluation and consultation with the RASIS team doctor today. Uh, they plan on releasing a statement, uh, just updating his situation, but he for sure won't travel uh, to, to Atlanta and will probably miss uh, at least a decent amount of time uh, regardless. Um, we'll see how long that time frame actually is, but uh, I wouldn't count on him to be there for at least the next few games. Uh, so, you know, as Fred Hoiberg said, other than that, we're great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the snake bite uh, is, is there, right? We, we understand what that is. So when will they make a decision on whether they board that flight? Because they got to have a certain number of players who, who are able to actually play the game um, and then the safety issue. So when will they make that decision? Yeah, I mean, I imagine uh, it'll go probably through the night. Uh, and just kind of see if guys start to feel better. And, um, you know, like I said, they, they fly out at 8, so I would imagine they'll probably do one more kind of uh, last tally of, of who's available and who's not. And, you know, I'll be honest with you, I don't know the exact rules um, per Big Ten or NCAA or whatever it may be as far as, uh, you know, the safety protocols that are involved with viral infections, uh, you know, and, and traveling in an airplane together, especially with something like, you know, so so far nobody's tested positive for for COVID, which is good news. But uh, obviously, influenza A is uh, a beast in itself and highly contagious. And you know, they'll have to make a decision on if they're going to want to put uh, all the guys that aren't sick on a plane together with you know the risk of you know, getting the whole team sick. So it's you know, there's a big decision that needs to be made here uh, coming up. Um, I, I guess we'll we'll see just kind of what happens over the next, like I said, twelve hours or so. But um, you know, it's it's definitely something to watch at this point because uh, if it gets to a certain point with the enough or a high enough percentage of their uh, roster being unable to to travel, obviously you can't make that trip to play the game, and it would go down as a forfeit. Uh, hopefully that doesn't happen. We'll see. I mean, it's, it's already an, an uphill battle against Auburn, who's a, who looks like to be a you know a top fifteen team. They're off to a good start. Um, I, how does you know specifically? We know Bradenbach's not going to be in there. Is is Auburn a, a, a big team? Is that somebody that they could yeah. use that size with? Yeah, they're about as big and athletic as any team Nebraska is going to face all season. Uh, they have a front court with seven one six ten, and they're not just big, but they're freak athletes. Uh, they're a high pressure defense. They are going to press. Uh, just as much, if not more so, than what North Carolina State did. Uh, and they just have more, bigger, faster athletes. So uh, really probably the worst-case scenario as far as a matchup is concerned for Nebraska to where not only do they have the size to exploit um, Nebraska's limited front court, uh, but they have uh, just as much depth, if not uh, probably much more so than Nebraska does, especially now. Uh, and you know they have athletes top to bottom on that roster, uh, so it's, you know, even with like, if Nebraska was fully healthy, this would be a daunting challenge, uh, to go to Atlanta, which, you know, it's essentially going to be an Auburn home game. Uh, they're, it's a neutral site technically, but there's going to be much more Auburn fans in the stands. Uh, and you know, Nebraska is tipping off at a, a 10:30 AM central time 
uh, tip. So the, the deck was already stacked against them to begin with. And now, you know, we know Wilhelm's out. Uh, we know that there's probably going to be a couple guys for sure, um, in that rotation that aren't going to make the trip. Uh, and we'll see how many more are added to that list. So you're talking about a undermanned Nebraska team that just played its worst game of the Fred Hoiberg era. Uh, and now you're talking about just trying to piece together a roster that's going to even going to be allowed to board the plane to go play one of the hottest teams in college basketball right now. So, like I said, <laughs> other than that, you know, this, this this is going great for Nebraska, and we're only ten games in. Well, Robin, it's it's uh, you know, the 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 adolescent in me wants to deem this virus. Uh, the non-shooting virus, because that seems <laughs> to be the only explanation for how a team that, with, that had so many guys that uh, we thought could shoot uh, can't shoot. What <laughs> I, I, you've you sat next to me at practice and watched this team shoot? Mm-hmm. Is there any explanation in your mind for how that it does not translate transfer from the practice level of shooting to game level shooting? I have no idea. Um, you know, it kind of seems to be a uh, reoccurring theme, regardless of the players, regardless of the coaches, regardless of the opponent, uh, to where uh, Nebraska can be the, the best shooting team in the world in practice, but come game time, uh, they can't buy a bucket. And your best shooters are the ones that are struggling as much as anybody. I mean, when, when Casey Tomanaga is going 4-14 from the field, when C.J. Wilcher is going through the extreme drought that he's going through right now, um, you know, when Bryce is uh, as inefficient over the past two games as he's been all season, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know what the explanation is. Um, you know, Fred insists that uh, a lot of the shots they're taking are good looks that he likes, uh, and you know, are, those guys have the green light to take, uh, and they're just missing them. So, I mean, it's it's all between the years. I mean, I maybe there's some stuff with with form or um, you know, being able to to do a better job of shooting in rhythm and getting your feet set a little bit better but you know really you brought these guys in uh because they were the types of shooters that were going to make this offense be what it was and when those guys aren't making threes you cannot be the offense you want to be and that's the biggest issue far and away as far as on the court of uh, why nebraska has struggled the way that they have is that uh, for for them to be good, they have to make three-pointers, and they are shooting as poorly from behind the arc as any team in, in college basketball. Like, literally, they are, last I checked, 351st in the nation out of 358 Division One teams in three-point percentage. And that that's stunning that a Fred Hoiberg team, especially with the roster that they compiled, can be that bad at doing something that was supposed to be one of their biggest strengths. Robin Washington of Husker Online uh, joining us here. Uh, do you think that there's a, a chance? I mean, it sounded like uh, Hoiberg was open uh, to somewhat of a philosophy change, especially if you're underman against Auburn. Uh, do you think there's a chance that they just acknowledge that they're not a great shooting team, maybe try to limit possessions? I mean, go far away from the Fred Hoiberg ideal, uh, uh, you know, idea and just kind of maybe even go back to some Doc Sadler ball. Yeah, I mean, they got to do something. So the problem was today they were going to implement some new changes and you know try to do some, some different philosophies and, and strategies and stuff like that, but they couldn't even get through a full practice because they didn't have enough bodies, especially after sending two guys home mid-practice. So, like, they, they couldn't. They, like, physically could not work on anything today. And now they, they fly out tomorrow and are going to do a uh, practice um, on Friday that is basically all just going to be about preparing for Auburn. So really they can't, they didn't even have the opportunity 
to work on themselves. Uh, so any major stylistic changes are probably going to have to wait until next week. And I guess the good news is that uh, they get a much needed week off uh, you know, between Auburn and Kansas State. So they'll have opportunity to actually you know, get on the practice floor and, and try some different things and, and you know, maybe get some new things installed. But for the time being, you know, they, they just couldn't do it. Uh, they just were not provided the opportunity to be able to put in anything new. Uh, you know, I asked Fred today if, you know, maybe there's some short-term fixes that can just get him through Saturday, like where they just slow down the tempo and look to him on every play, and he calls a set and have him run a, you know, organized design play on every possession as opposed to the free-flowing transition offense they like to run. And, you know, that, that may be an option, but, you know, especially with just how limited their roster is right now, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know what, what really you can do between now and Saturday morning that is going to, you know, completely overhaul uh, what we've seen over the past few games. I think you just got to hope that the guys that are able to play rise to the occasion, start knocking down some shots, and, you know, you, you catch a, a whole lot of breaks along the way. Robin, uh, I think you've just captured the emotion and the feeling of most Hus- of Husker Nation. <laughs> we're we're going to yeah. hold our breath and and cross our fingers and hope that uh one these young folks uh feel better but two that they find a way because uh we're rooting for them they're good kids but man they have been difficult to watch shooting the basketball i i can't yeah, say it any other they're way. fighting it right now in a lot of different ways so you know they, they they need some positivity probably more than the basketball team has needed positivity in a long time hey robin before we let you go i did want to ask you quickly about the kind of the, the changes that are going on in the football side of things uh this week of course you bring in offensive lineman and offensive coordinator uh, offensive lineman coach i should say an offensive coordinator um is this is this kind of the vision that you expected or is everything kind of on on path for what you what you were expecting this year i mean yeah i guess as soon as the the, the real candidates the ones that they interviewed uh surfaced Oh, this past weekend, you know, I think that uh, as far as offensive coordinator, you know, Whipple would, of that pool, Whipple would have been my first choice. Uh, I would not have been a fan at all uh, of them going with Graham Harrell and try to do some air raid in the Big Ten. I just think that would be absolute disaster. So at least now they're getting a offensive style and, and play caller that just produced one of the best offenses in all college football and a Heisman Trophy finalist uh, quarterback that, you know, as far as being able to uh, be good right away, I think that probably gives you your best option, um, especially with what Nebraska has uh, on the roster right now on that side of the ball. That's probably going to make for the most seamless transition. Uh, so, you know, I think that was as good of a hire out of that pool of candidates that, that I think they could have got. Uh, and then with offensive line coach, obviously there's an experience there with Riola, um, just as far as being a full-time coach, especially at the college level. Uh, but I mean, you know, he's he's been in the NFL, so if you're coaching the NFL, you've got some chops to you. So uh, I'm not worried about that part of it. Um, I'm not worried about the recruiting part of it. Uh, when you're a young, you know, energetic coach, uh, and knowing the Riolas uh, like we do, uh, that the passion <laughs> won't be an issue there. So I have no doubt that he's going to be able to sell uh what needs to be sold um on the recruiting trail so really uh you know i, I think he, he checks about every box that nebraska was looking for and oh by the way he's the uh uncle of one of the best quarterbacks in the 2024 class so uh makes a lot of sense and so you know 
given what we knew about the direction uh, that Nebraska was considering going, those two hires were pretty good successes in my book. He's Robin Washington of HuskerOnline.com. And, Robin, thanks for uh, giving us some time this morning. Yeah, no problem. All right, there he goes, Robin Washington of HuskerOnline.com. Bringing you up to speed on Nebraska basketball. I don't know if it makes you feel better, but it's interesting at least. If you don't get wins, at least be interesting. There's some interest uh, things, interesting things going on over there uh, at least. So we'll take a quick break. When we come back, uh, we'll bring Rico right back for the blog jog, one of our favorite times of the day. Blog jog's coming up next. You're listening to Tom and Bach. Watch live on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.